When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We welcome in Jeremiah Searles, uh, standout Husker NFL, or at Searles71 underscore HSKR. You'll hear Searles Friday night in Champaign as part of the Husker broadcast. Searles, you're in your Husker den. Good to see you again, brother. Tell me about the, uh, the animals you were hunting. Did you get anything for the wall? Unfortunately, we did not. Uh, we went elk hunting in Colorado with my dad for eight days. We were into the elk every day, but you know when you have the old stick and string in your hand and not the high-powered rifle, you got to get them a lot closer than they wanted to come. But great time, loved it. Uh, I got unfortunately got time and back to watch that Nebraska football game. So would have rather stayed in the mountains and had my phone turned off than have to take my son to that game for his first Husker game in a hundred degree heat. Yeah, uh, he, did, he didn't love that. He didn't love that. He did love running around on the field afterwards, though. That was the highlight of his day. So that was probably the highlight of many people's day with <laughs> yeah. with that. So do you go full like Schwarzenegger and Predator with the camo? Oh yeah, I've got face paint on. <laughs> I've got the camo. Oh yeah, I'll send you a picture. I'm I'm I am one with the trees. Uh, I love it. I, I love one that. with the trees. How's the accuracy? Are you? Uh, Herbert, or are you a former backup Nebraska quarterback? We won't name names, but just from an accuracy standpoint, where are you? Oh, I'm 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 in there with my bow. I can put I can put it in a dime within forty yards. So I would, if they would have came a lot, I had one big bull at eighty, I had one big bull at sixty, and just couldn't get him to come any closer. So. Well, next time, right? Next time. Always next time. Searles, let's let's talk about next time, and I want to kind of relate this to a gauntlet that was thrown down to you. It's kind of jarred my memory, your 2012 season. Uh, Guys went to the Big Ten Championship game. It's after Ohio State. That was a shootout. And Ohio State, Urban, year one, ended up scoring 60. You guys put up enough points to win, uh, right around 38, I think. But right afterwards, in whatever closet Bo was stuck in for the post game, it was, we need to win out. Mm -hmm. It wasn't quite who we are Friday, but that's how I'm kind of linking things up from what Rule said because it's a big response game Friday. How did you take that in that moment with with Bo kind of laying the gauntlet down, and what do you think of what Rule said Monday? Yeah, you know, when we heard that moment, we all knew that's what we had to do. You know, and there was no sugarcoating it. There was no – it was like if we want to succeed and have the goals in front of us that we want to do, which is Big Ten Championship and, and rolling, then there is no other option. There is no escape button. Right. There is no it was burn the boats time. Right. Like there is no going back. You go forward or you die. And I don't think we're quite at that point where with the Husker team that is right now. But this is a big pivotal turning point of the season as we stare down the barrel, the gun of the Big Ten schedule coming at us. Right. I think at the beginning of the year, we all looked at this game 
with Illinois, and we probably all were looking like, eh, probably an L. You know, Illinois is supposed to be pretty good this mm-hmm. year. Things going back, and then you turn on the tape, and they are as much as a dumpster fire as anyone in the country right now. Like, they can't complete passes. They can't run the football. They can't stop anyone. And I look at this game as a pretty evenly matched two teams coming into a Friday night game after both putting up really embarrassing losses on Saturday, one to Purdue, one to Michigan. And everyone's trying to look at this as a get-back-on-track game. So, you know, with Rule challenging the team, putting them in full pads on a Sunday, and, hey, God bless, boys, because I'm sure that was real fun. You know, like those are just attitude setters where it's like, hey, you don't want to work during the week. You don't want to you don't want to figure it all out. Then, hey, we'll just we'll just you don't want to work on Saturdays. We'll just work when we practice. Right. That's an attitude. That's a culture type setting thing that rules just going to instill in these guys. It's Jeremiah Searles with us here. Uh, Hill Varsity Radio talking Nebraska, Michigan and looking ahead to Illinois. And Searles, which position group do you think is going to have the biggest chip on their shoulder this week because of what we saw against Michigan? A lot of positions had a bad day. Uh, I think you could really look and, and say that Nebraska probably got beat at all 22 positions on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. And I want to get your take on just who needs to have the, the biggest get-right game against Illinois on Friday based on what we saw on Saturday. You know, it's probably our D-line. You know, our D-line has been a bright spot for us with Nash Hutchmaker and Ty Robinson, Elijah Judy, Cam Lenhart when he's healthy. And, you know, you talk about those guys playing well the early part of the season. No one have showed up on Saturday. And I'm not saying that as a detriment to them. I mean, hats off to Michigan. That's five offensive linemen that you will see playing on Sundays. Right? Those are five NFL offensive linemen that were starting for Michigan. And that's a hard thing to do. But at the same time, I didn't see the passion, the fire, and the energy that I'm used to seeing from our defense. And that starts with the ability to get up front and get after the passer and stop the run and create negative plays. So the biggest bounce back game, in my opinion, is going to be for that defensive front of the black shirts. Why Why do you think that the passion was lacking? I mean, the juice in the stadium, and I'm not calling the fans out, they just, they know football, no. right? The they juice, know the football. The juice sucked. The it, juice sucked. The you juice know, was I, not good, and, and then clearly you got to bring your own juice. You don't really, you shouldn't have to for Michigan, but they looked... Tim, and we, we've hit on this a lot, but I want your perspective as a guy who played it at a high level pro in college. Did you ever go out there timid because of who you were facing? No, and I think that goes back to there isn't a game that I can remember playing when I played in Nebraska that we didn't think we could win. Right? There was never any time that anyone we stepped out on that football field and thought, well, let's just try and not lose today. Right? Like we thought we were going to win every football game. But that's because we won a lot of football games and we knew what that feeling of winning is like. And I've talked about this before for what feels like three or four years now is just the fact that no one on this football team knows that feeling very well. Right? No one knows that feeling of walking out against especially a Big Ten opponent and being like, yeah, we're going to beat you like, because we know we can because we've done it. Right. Like I can't think of the last time this team, Iowa last year, but like, you know, has walked out consistently week in and week out and strung multiple conference wings wins together. And so, you know, when you come out with, man, that's the number two team in the country, that's got a lot of talent. Man, the stadium's not really buzzing. No one around the no one around the state really talking about how like maybe we can upset. Like there just was nothing there to light that fire. And you can only get up so many times. Right. As a as a player, you 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 want to go out, but at one point in time you have to just say, Hey, this is for my pride. This is for I want to show that I can go up against toe to toe with the best in the business, which is Michigan right now, honestly a national champion contender. And I'm gonna go punch first. Right? I'm gonna punch these dudes first. And I just didn't see any swinging from offense, defense, or special teams. And that for me 
was the most disappointing part. I didn't go into this game thinking that we were going to go toe-to-toe in a shootout with Michigan. Right? But I wanted to see this Husker team emotionally come out and swing and punch and fight, and I just didn't see a whole lot of that in this game. So at what point, given Matt Rule's history, if you continue to see these guys not fight, because I don't think you saw a whole bunch of fight from the defense, especially in the first half against Louisiana Tech. They followed up with another flat performance against Michigan. At what point do you think Matt Rule starts looking a little bit deeper on the bench, some of those younger guys that he has brought in here to be the, the next faces of the program? At what point do you think Matt Rule starts turning to those guys? I don't think you see that this year. You know, I don't think you all of a sudden want to burn shirts and burn some young guy's ability um, just based off the fact that, hey, you know, we just need guys, right? Like, you want to develop those guys. You want to keep those guys in the developmental program, lifting three days a week, practicing super hard, doing all those things. So, you know, I don't anticipate you just saying, hey, let's just throw these guys out there and see what happens. You kind of, hey, we're in a rebuild. He's, he's very open about it. We're rebuilding. It takes time. Let's play with the guys we got on defense. And then you just try and push those guys and say, hey, you got to play better. And guess what? Like, it's not the threat of being benched. It's the threat of, do you want to keep getting embarrassed? Do you want to keep going out there and put the name on the back of your jersey and put the tape out there of what this tape is? Because you are your tape. Your tape is your resume, right? Good, bad, ugly, and different. People cut on the tape. They don't care if you're hurt. They don't care if you're dinged. You are who you are on tape. So at one point, you just have to suck up and say, that's not who I am. I'm going to play better. And if you get 11 guys doing that, then the outcome overall will be better. Jeremiah Searles with us here on Hale Varsity Radio at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Find him on Twitter and Instagram. So, Searles, let's look into the offense here. And do you, how much do you chalk up the inability to score points, 17 total points in Big Ten competition? To, to the quarterback, is it the O-line? Would Sims make a difference? May he make a difference sooner than later is what Satterfield said today. I don't think Harburg's been bad. I've seen him kind of grow as bad as Saturday was offensively. He did some okay things. So is, is quarterback an issue for you at this point, or what's the magic answer to get the offense better from a point total standpoint? So the defense isn't out there having to, to pitch a shutout or hold somebody to 10. Yeah, you know, obviously quarterback is the engine of the offense. You you go nowhere without the the trigger man being a very good player and taking care of the football. And I do think this is still Jeff Sims' team. You know, I don't think this is fair to say, oh, he's lost it because Her- Harburg went out and beat two low-level schools. Right? Like, that's not fair to say, oh, Jeff Sims had two power five things that didn't go well, and then Harburg came in and beat up on these poor little kids, and now it's his team. <laughs> like, I still think it's Sims' team. But, you know, to fix the offensive problems is our efficiency on first and second down. Running the football, efficient plays. I always say efficient plays are four-yard-plus plays in the run game. And, you know, getting ourselves into second and six, third and three, third and four manageable is what makes that happen. Too many times have we seen our offense have a negative play or a no-gain play on first down, and now we're sitting staring second and ten in the face, and you have to make a decision – do I try and run it again to try and get it to third and seven, or do I throw the ball and risk an incompletion and sit here in third and ten? Second and ten is the worst possible down and distance to be in as an offensive coordinator because you're putting a box to have to decide one or the other. So to fix this offense, to get it sputtering and get it going where and stop it sputtering and get it some momentum to it, much more efficient on first down. Jeremiah Searles with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, whenever you, you look back at that Michigan game and look ahead with Nebraska, I think one of the things that's 
most impressive about that Michigan performance is that offensive line, I think, off the top of my head, was one negative play from the Wolverines all day and no penalties. So that offense was always moving forward. And as you talk about Nebraska's first and second down efficiency, getting yourself to third and manageable, I think a lot of that falls upon the offensive line. And now that you've seen Nebraska's offensive line against the class of the Big Ten in terms of front seven in Michigan, how far away do you think this offensive line is from being a reasonable offensive line in the Big Ten? I guess a Nebraska offensive line. You know, that's hard for me to answer because of it wasn't a real game. And what I mean by that is I didn't get to see this offensive line execute in critical situations of a four-minute drill, a two-minute drill, a third-and-one and manageable against a team that knows you're going to run the football versus a team that just had their ears pinned back and were like, well, you're down by 40, so we know you're going to throw the football. Right? It's hard for me to gauge that. Looking at the tape overall, I think they've taken steps in the right direction. But it always just keeps seeming like it's just one guy, right? And it's not just one guy specifically. It's everyone taking their turn being the one guy. And when you're an offensive line, if five do not equal a one, then the play is kaput before it even Mm -hmm. begins. So I want to see this O-line be more consistent. I think this is a week that we'll be able to see, hey, can you execute from quarter one to quarter four and put a full game together? And then I'll be better, better, like educated to answer that question for you, Elijah. What are you seeing from Teddy? Because I know he had some more time in the second half. Uh, he got ran over once, which uh, well, happens. Welcome back, welcome back, buddy. Um, you know, but I just, I still am not fully convinced he trusts that knee. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got double shoulder braces on, double knee braces on. Like the guy hasn't played a lot of football in the last couple of years. I think it's going to take some time if he does become the guy to knock some rust off. But, you know, he's got the build, he's got the body, and we just want to see him continue to develop and become better and better because we're going to need him down the stretch. What about Turner? He keeps trying to go out there, and uh, I know there's been some some numbers associated with his performance, but he's still showing up. Yeah, and he fights, and he battles, and he plays hard. And, you know, sometimes you get outclassed out there, it happens, but one thing I know about Turner is he's not going to quit. And I can, I can handle a guy that's going to go out there and fight tooth and nail. Now, would I like to see him clean up some of the technical things? Absolutely. You know, would I like to see him stop leaning when he punches, not stopping his feet on contact and running through some things? For sure. You know, everyone would love to see him get better. But, you know, with what he was and I think everyone assuming he was going to move into guard and then Teddy not being getting dinged and saying, hey, we need you to still go play the hardest position on the offensive line, he's been serviceable. It's Jeremiah Searles with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, I think we have time for one, maybe two final thoughts here. And whenever you look at what Anthony Grant has put on film, the fumbling really wasn't an issue last year. Apparently it is this year. Uh, he's looked all right the past two games. Michigan was a tough ask with just how little room there was to run. Mm-hmm. What do you make of him being the bell cow over the next seven games? I'm okay with it. You know, I think he. it's not like he's not used to it. He was the bell cow last year. Do I think he would be more effective if we had more of a one-two punch? Yes, but such as football next man up you know so I think he needs to focus on taking care of the football you know fumbling is a confidence issue when you think about fumbling you fumble when you're confident in ball security and it's not even a thought then you can focus on running and right now I think he's focusing on don't fumble the football don't fumble the football and so like you're seeing a little bit more of a slower read a slower press because when he's at his best he's putting one foot in the ground and getting north and south and I also think he fell into the trap a little bit last week of, I got to get a spark, I got to make this offense go and try and bounce and make the big play instead of just trust the process, trust the play, pound it up inside for four yards. I think he tried to press a little too much. Searle's last thought with just this team's psyche and what they're going into for Friday night 
what what are you looking for when you're getting ready for the game as things are about to kick off Friday in Champaign? Yeah, you know, I want to see how this team's going to respond from getting punched in the face. You know, CU was a punch in the face, but this was a true dragging, right? You got dragged out of your own stadium. How do you respond, right? How does Rule have this team respond, and do they come out swinging or do they come out their tails between their legs? And a lot of that's going to be dependent on how Rule has got them coached, how Rule has got them prepared during the week, and how some of the senior leadership steps up and pulls some of these younger guys with them. I want to see them come out and play really hard. Knowing the, the seniors on this team, do you anticipate the right response? I do. I do anticipate the right response. I think these guys are going to come out the right way, ready to play. And like I said, I think this is a coin flip game because I think Illinois is in the exact same boat. Well, I, it's going to be bring your own energy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Friday night in Champagne's not going to be popping. Nope. <laughs> nope. No popping bottles and champagne on Friday night. That's for sure. You're going to have to go to the club. A poetic close from uh, Searles. I like that. Searles, we'll see you on Friday, bud. Take care and thanks for the time. Absolutely appreciate you guys. Go Big Red. Good to spend time with Jeremiah Searles. Good perspective there. We'll dive into Friday and beyond. How confident are you in three and one? Open phone still 6489 1240.